This is Tim Doyle, lead pastor of Restoration Church. Welcome to our weekly podcast featuring content from our worship celebrations at Second and Francis in beautiful, historic downtown St. Joseph, Missouri. We exist to love, lead, and launch people in their destiny in God. For notes about today's message or for more information online about Restoration Church, visit restorationstj.com. Here's today's message. You guys, if you've been around Restoration very long, you know uh, the names, Bishop Paul Yaw and his wife, Blessing. Both have been in this house. Both are, ama- both are amazing people. Um, this suit was, was made for me the last time we were in Togo. So any excuse I get to wear it, baby, I'm, you know I'm going I'm to pull it out. Um, what's amazing to me, and it makes me emotional, think about it is that before I went to Togo, I had no idea we were going. We met Bishop randomly at a Passover a couple years ago. And Krista just randomly wrote on the back of her name tag, Togo, West Africa, why? At breakfast the next morning, we ran into Bishop at the hotel we were staying at. Hadn't even met before. I just wanted to say hello out of, you know, niceness. (laughs) And just to, to be kind and polite and welcoming. Next thing I know, we're in Lome, Togo, West Africa. And the Lord has built a bridge between St. Joseph and Lome that is just supernatural, and it's remarkable. Chris and I have been twice now. Last year, we got to visit some of the villages, and you've seen the pictures. In fact, Bishop told me this morning that one of the schools we visited, that we just fell in love with this school, a mud structure with a, just a slate chalkboard, and it just was so captured our hearts that that school was destroyed by flooding. Isn't that interesting? Show me pictures of it. It's just like, hmm. And Bishop and Pastor Blessing's church, Praise Chapel, they are a network of about 14 churches, is that right, Bishop, that are doing amazing works of God around the nation of Togo as well as other nations. And they are helping rebuild that school. Here's the thing you have to know. I realize it's difficult to, to understand the context, But not only is what they do remarkable, but where they're doing it even makes it all the more remarkable. I can't tell you all the details because I'll take up Bishop's time, but there are so many amazing stories that they tell. One that I wanted to to just share with you that Bishop might talk about, but it's when he first came. They are not from Togo originally. They're from Nigeria, where the suit is styled after. This is a Nigerian styled suit. When I got back from, from Togo the first time, Krista randomly gifted me a DNA test kit. I was looking for my Native American DNA, but guess what I didn't know? I have Nigerian DNA, and this man from Nigeria is truly my brother. I, <laughs> yeah. I told the people at Praise Chapel last year, I said, I don't know where it's hiding, but it's in there somewhere. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. The Irish must have won the tug of war or something. I don't know. They are truly pioneers. I mean, I've told Bishop he has to write a book and record, he and Pastor Blessing, all the miraculous stories. There was no church like this in Togo when they arrived from Nigeria. They didn't even speak the language. And now if you could just see, and many of you will see because we're going to be taking teams over, but it's nothing short of supernatural. And Bishop tells the story that 
you know, when he first arrived, how he just was feeling resistance. And there was, you know, voodoo, witchcraft, fetish. You could buy human body parts on the streets for voodoo ceremonies. It was that bad. And the land was rejecting him and resisting him. And he literally scooped up a piece of dirt and spoke to the land and said, Togo, you will receive me. And now look what's happened. This is a true pioneer we have in our midst today. I wanted you to know who it is that we have. He was with House of David this weekend, and this morning we are honored to have the Lion of Lome, the Bishop of Togo, West Africa, with us. So would you stand to your feet and give a big roar to the Lion, to the Bishop, Bishop Paul Nya. <laughs> Love you, Bishop. Christy, would you give me a microphone, please, and some gifts. Bishop, we have a couple of gifts for you today as well. And we know you have to fly back, so nothing larger than, you know, your suitcase, all right? <laughs> but um, one thing I want to give you, this is sort of a, a prophetic gift. It's not very large, but it's, it speaks something. Um, one of the things that we have in our heritage here is that this was a gateway city, to the West, and literally hundreds of thousands of immigrants from all the nations of the world passed down Francis Street, right in front of our building, to take the ferry to go West. So the nations were drawn to this spot on the planet, historically. The largest migration in human history passed in front of our building. So we have this little ornament, thanks to Starbucks, right? Starbucks made it for us, we're so grateful for that. It says, Gateway to the West. And just as in it says Missouri. Now, St. Louis likes to claim credit as the gateway city. We are the gateway city. So deal with it, St. Louis, all right? And it just says Missouri. It doesn't say St. Louis. So just as a reminder, put this on your desk. And uh, the connection between the portal at Lome, the portal here in St. Joseph, that will remind you of that. You're welcome. And then Krista also has a mug, one of our restoration mugs that she'll give you to take home to Pastor Blessing for her cinnamon Thank tea you. that I know she loves. <laughs> Pastor loves cinnamon tea, all right? So just Thank saying you. that, the bishop, we're so honored to have you here. And I just want to say in front of this church and to you, what a blessing you and your church have been. I mean, our lives were radically changed. We will never be the same after being with you and the beautiful people of Praise Chapel who I know are watching this morning, our loves in Lome. And uh, so it's an honor to have you here this morning, Bishop. Thank you very much. (laughs) Please, you can do more than that for Pastor Tim. Amen. That's my brother. Don't look at our callers. Amen. Praise the Lord. Maybe when I was born, they used uh, the charcoal to paint my face, and that was why I'm a little bit darker. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to be around here. Just forget about me with my with the way I'm appearing. I believe this is one of the things the colonial masters has put on us. <laughs> we 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 just even in heat. You see us with tie. <laughs> oh, next time I come, I'll be dressing like you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm happy to be here once more time. I bring you greetings from my dear wife, Blessing, Pastor Blessing. She's been here a couple, once, a couple of times. <laughs> Amen. She sends her greeting. And from our daughter, Stephanie, she asked me this morning, immediately I got in, I saw a message from her, where are you? 
right now. So I was explaining I'm in St. Joseph. Amen. We really appreciated this man of God, your pastor. You know, a lot of people come in. We live in the city, but we do most of our work in the villages. And most of the time when people come, they stop in the village or they stop in the town. And the town is beautiful and though with our rough roads, but better than the village. But um, I was so touched that Reverend Tim and Christy, they were one of the guests we have that they have to follow us into the village. Yeah. Amen. I believe you saw the, the picture. You, you, you understand what I'm talking about. It's not like your village here. <laughs> your village here is like um, maybe what we call a town over there. But there was deep, deep. But they have the heart to come over there and see the chief. And we really appreciate it. Amen. And our people really appreciate your love and care. Uh, you really sounded like an African when it comes to that. You know, sometimes it's so diff it's easier for us to come here, but it's a little bit difficult when you're from here over there because you are already used to comfort. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we, 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 we live in it and we understand so we can easily stand any circumstances. But once more time, I want to thank you for supporting him to make him come to Africa. Please put your hands together for yourself. Amen. I believe that that is where the greatest work is to be done. Amen. Because we're still coming up. The revival is still coming up. And we, we over here, we've received stuff. We, we've seen things. And, but over there, they don't. And so they need you. Amen. So once more time, I thank the Lord and I thank you for inviting me and allowing me to come here. It's always a pleasure. Amen. Now we are in business. Amen. Are you ready to receive the word of God? Slip off your hands under the Father and begins to speak to him this morning. I don't know why you're here this morning. But I'm here to hear from the Lord. If I was the one sitting inside here today, my heart desire was that, Lord, what do you want me to hear? And that was why I have to spend some time in prayers and I'm saying, God, I don't want to speak what I want to speak to these, my people. Give me a word that will fit them, that will meet them at the very point of their needs. Tell the Lord, Lord, I want a word for myself. Because sometimes the Lord sent a word, it may not be for everybody, but sometimes it's for the remnant who are ready to run with the word. Tell the Lord I'm ready whatsoever that you want to speak to me. Father, I ask you to open the heart of my people. You say the entrance of your word bring healing, bring illumination through light into their understanding today. And let everyone under the sound of my voice, no one should leave this place the same way they came in the name of Jesus. I pray that the sick will be healed. The bound will be set free. The discouraged will be encouraged. Thank you for an awesome word that you sent me with. Holy Ghost, I ask you to empower this word. And let it make a meaning 
and let me be relevant to the people. I thank you, Holy Ghost. Let's go in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise be the name of the Lord. I am, I am not um, the um, kind of person that I like to be stuck. I want to tell you about myself in one place. So forgive me if I have to move because sometimes I like getting closer to whom I'm talking to. Amen. I went into a church and the pulpit was up. I have to climb and stay. I was just saying, my God, I feel I can come there. Praise the Lord. But hear me. God is about to do something in the world and with his people. The Lord spoke to us within this year. Normally, every end of the year, I try to buy in into the mind of the Lord to say here, what are you saying for us? What am I going to bring as a message to the people? And one of the things which I have confirmed from most of the places I've been to within this year, the Lord spoke to us through the book of Haggai, Haggai chapter number two. And he was speaking about the greater glory. He said, we've seen glory, but we've not seen it enough. We are now in a season of God's greater glory. And when he begins to say, I will fill my house with the glory, and I say, I'm going to shake the nations. And the purpose of shaking the nations to allow what the nations were holding as a thing that makes them turn away from God to drop from their hands. And that was silver and gold. And he says, mine. The gold is mine. The silver is mine. The money is mine. But watch me what I'm going to do. I'm going to shake the nations and allow the dependency in silver and gold for them to be disappointed. Get ready. People are going to be disappointed even with their money. But watch what God was saying. He said, I am now then going to fill my church with my glory. And watch this. Why? Because there is going to be a transfer of my gold and of my silver to my people. Turn to somebody say, get ready for that transfer. Uh, get ready for that transfer. But watch this. He said, I'm going to get that glory. I'm going to make that glory to be greater in this our season more than ever before. So we are living in the season of God's greater glory. And time of the wealth transfer to the people of God. But watch this. That is God's responsibility. But God says we have our own responsibility. And why is he doing this? Remember what he said in the book of John. Jesus was about to leave. He said this work I, have came, I came to do. You will do a greater works. So my greater glory is coming for a greater works. And for you to access 
that greater works. That was what God dropped in my spirit. As I was meditating on what to speak to us about. And he said, tell them they need faith for these greater works. It may sound so simple. I thought I knew about faith, but wait until I finish dealing with it. Faith for the greater works. You know, when the first time I heard that there was going to be a wealth transfer, I started jumping glory be to God. That means because I'm a Christian, I'm going to get what belongs to the unbeliever. Baby, it's not going to be like that. Nobody will allow you to come in and take his bank account. The Bible says it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. God says there is a responsibility that I'm putting on you. You got to get this thing, not by just walking into it. And that is why I say three times in the Bible, the just must live. It is not for anyone, anyhow. You got to be ready to listen to my instruction because God, faith means listening to God's instruction and obeying it. Listen to my instructions and obey it. Faith means seeing what I am seeing. Do I have a weakness? Because most of the time we see what we want to see. And we speak what we want to speak. But God is saying, if you want to get key in into what I'm about to do, you got to see what I'm seeing. You got to hear what I am hearing. And you got to do what I'm doing. That is when it will be accredited to you as faith. The Bible talks about Abraham. Abraham believed God. And it was to him the righteousness which was faith in God. Greater works. But it takes a great faith. I want to use two examples that the Lord gave me, two scriptures in the Bible concerning two important people in the life of Jesus to open up what God is trying to say to us. In other words, if we need to key in into the, these greater works, it's not going to be sitting down and, and allowing it to fall on our laps. I thank God I was, as I sat down, I, my, my eyes went into that corner. And that was the exact word I received from God. I wrote it down. He said, arise and take it by faith. Arise and take it by faith. You can sit down and allow it to come into your laps. Isaiah said that in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 to 3. He said, arise and shine for thy light has come. For the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But he said you got to do something. 
arise. You got to wake up from your slumber. You got to wake up from the way you used to think. To the way I am seeing things. He said arise. And not only arise because there is light in you. He said that light will not shine until you yourself, you shine it out. I got my book and I, I, I wrote, this was the journey of purpose. One of some years ago, the Lord gave me this title to write about. And one of the things that happened was when he called me from Togo, from Nigeria to go to Togo. And I have never heard about Togo before. Togo was a French-speaking country. Nigeria was an English-speaking country. And I was asking people about, how can I get in into this Togo? And I was sitting down in Nigeria. And then people begin to give their own report because people will always have a report. But whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of men or report of the Lord? I better believe the report of the Lord. And so when I was hearing people, they keep saying, this Togo, this poor country, physically, economically, is the poorest in the whole West Africa. And then they begin to ask me some question. Who will support you? So I was sitting down in the prison of my, in what I call internal prison, of my mind, of my discouragement, of my fear, allowing what people were saying. Meanwhile, God was saying, go to Togo. There are a lot of times we sit down, even though we are not in a physical prison, but we are prisoners of our own discouragement, of our own thoughts, of our own expectations. And so when I was sitting down and beginning to Im imagine what people say about the great works that God wanted me to do, and he spoke that words into my heart, he said, you got to rise with faith. And that is the same thing God is saying to us. We got to learn how to arise out of our doubt, out of our poor self-image, out of our fear, out of our negativities, and take the bull by the hand. It was when I arise and say, Togo, here I come. Today, the story has changed. Your story will change. I prophesy to your life that the story of your journey will change in the name of Jesus. So the Bible let us to know about the man called John. In Matthew, the 11th chapter, from 11, first verse to sixth verse, we all know who John was. The Bible says now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that they departed from there to teach and preach in their city. He gave them the works. He said there is a greater works. I command you to go in and take over. Now, who was John? This was the forerunner of Jesus. And by this time, he was in the prison. And verse number two says, and when John heard in prison about the works of Christ, 
the works of Christ. Greater works. The works. He heard about it. But watch what he said. He sent two of his disciples and said to the, and said to him, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another person? Wow, I thought you were the one initially that came in to be a forerunner of this man. You know about all the works he was coming to do. Why now are you now sitting down to ask, are you the one? But watch this. And Jesus answered verse 3 and said, go and tell John. The things which you hear and see, the blind see, the lame work, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. John had a problem. The problem was he was physically in the prison, but he was also mentally an in, in, invincible prison. The prison of his expectation because I believe just like some of us, when we got born again, we just feel, oh, you know, God, this is the way to do it. This is how to do it. You will get this money in my bank account. I say, no, 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 no. Sometimes you take process. It doesn't work like that. You are thinking about what you want, but not what he wants. You are thinking about how you want it to happen, but not how he wants it to take place. So John might have imagined, just like Peter, I'm going to talk to, to you about that after, how Jesus is supposed to operate. But he was disappointed. Maybe he was also disappointed that he was in the prison. He felt Jesus should do a ladakadabra or speaking tongues and he will be out of the prison. And it was not happening. Friends, sometimes there is that cross to carry. Sometimes we need to pass through the cross and carry the cross before the manifestation. Can I hear amen to that? Because that was his cross. And one of the things in the church that we fail to teach the church is that in this journey, sometimes there is the water, the river to cross. Sometimes there is a fire. But one of the things God promised us, he didn't promise that we're not going to pass through the fire. He didn't promise that we're not going to pass through the water. But he said, when you pass through it, it will not swallow you. I prophesy to you, whatever storm you are passing through, that storm will not bury you in the name of Jesus. So John was sitting down here first and then beginning to imagine, is this man the real man that was supposed to come? If he was the real man, he could have stayed out there. This works that he was saying he was doing, I can't see it here. I'm still bound. <laughs> but Jesus said to those who he sent, he said, go back, 
tell him what you have seen, what you have heard, not what he is expecting. In other words, it is word that was written that I have to follow. I came in for a purpose. I have an assignment and I got to follow the assignment which the one upstairs there have given to me. Not your own assignment, not your own plans. The Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart. But it's the purpose of God that will prevail. In other words, sometimes in our life, as we are sitting down imagining, God, this is what I'm supposed to have. This is how it's supposed to be. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I have my way out. I have the way of bringing these things to come to pass. I walk with principles, not your principles. I walk with my own timing, not your own timing. The only thing you got to do, John, believe. This was the same man who can speak. Who speak it out. Who declare it. But he declared with the mouth. But in his heart. He did not believe. Do you know there is a tendency. Just like the example of Peter. That I'm going to talk about now. That people follow you. They stayed with you. But they are not connected to you. There is difference between being connected to the person. And following the person. Peter was doing that. Thank God for we just finished the Easter. And one of the stories of the Easter place that I love best was this Peter's case of denial in John chapter 18. If you read down, you read verse 10, how Simon Peter had removing his sword and he drew it and struck the high priest servant and cut off his ears. I mean, because of his zeal. And even until Jesus had to rebuke him. Yes, you might have been thinking that you are doing a good thing, but that is your own style. That is not my style. That is your own expectation and pattern, false expectation. That is how you think I have to do it. Why did he have to do that? Because he was expecting Jesus. If anyone with his power, if anyone comes to arrest him, he would just say, go, and they go. But Jesus did not do that. You see, sometimes we stay in the imprison of our mindset and our thought and the way we want it to be. And so if you read that scriptures, Jesus began to rebuke him. He said, don't you want me to drink from this cup? There is a cup I got to drink out from. It is not the way you want it. Is the way that was designed by my father that I have to pass through it. And when you get down from that scriptures from verse 15, you begin to see Peter denying Jesus. This was the same zealous Peter. But in this case, he is now the man that was supposed to walk and with hand, with Jesus to fulfill this cause, he was almost going against what was predetermined for him to go. Why? I concluded as I go through that, 
because he was only walking with him, but he was not connected to what was happening. He lost it. He have his own mindset. He have his own ways. The Bible says, your ways are different from my ways. Your thoughts are different from my thoughts. Amen. It has to be the way of God. It has to be the thought of God. Look at what happened and how I take note of the way that Peter started denying Jesus. The Bible says in from verse 15, and it says, And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciples. Now that the disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus unto the courtyard of the high priest. Verse 16, But Peter stood at the door outside then the other disciple was who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to her and kept the door and brought peter in if you read in up to the verse 26 you are going to hear what i'm going to say first you remember when he told peter he said peter you prayed why the enemy is trying to get you in other words, prepare. There is a greater works, but prepare. Most of the time, because we don't prepare ourselves. That is why we fail pray. If Peter, I knew, if Peter could have prayed and prepared himself when he was saying, come pray with me. And let's arrange ourselves for these greater works. Because prayers increase your faith. It stimulates and gives power to faith. And so, Peter, you've got to pray about the works that we have to do. Friends, there is a great work to do in this land. But we got to prepare for it. We got to prepare for it. And so, he did not prepare. And the second thing that happened, he did begin to follow. The Bible says he followed at a distance. He followed at a distance. This was the man. And I knew why he followed as a distance. Because he was rebuked. Of his attitude. And his ways. You remember. When he took. The sword. And was chopping out. The, I believe he wanted to get the neck. That man. <laughs> I believe the man tilted and then he went into the ears. Amen. Because in his mind was that, man, if I cut off this man's head, every other person will run away and will be free. But that was not the plan of the father. Because the father has made it up that the son have to go through that cross. If not for that cross, me and you today, we couldn't have been here today. If not for him to drink out of that cup, the cup might be the cup of misery, the cup of pain, shame. But he has to do that so that me and you today can say, I see no shame. And so Peter was hurt because he was rebuked. And he said, you can't stop me. Turn to somebody say, you can't stop me. <laughs> yes, yes, you can't stop me from these greater works. You can't stop me from doing what God wants us to do in this land. You can't stop me from fulfilling the purpose that God has given me back for. You can stop me. And so when he told him, you can't stop me, Peter that was almost walking side by side, now begins to keep 
at the distance, you know what was happening? He was in prison of that thought. Self-image. Look at the way the pastor speaks to me. Because of that, man, I'm no more going to sing in a choir again. I come here every day to clean this place, but I am not recognized. But we were seeing Peter still walking out, but he was in the prison of his expectation that was not met. So he, that drew him into a distance. Ask your neighbor, are you at a distance? <laughs> Don't be at a distance because it's more dangerous to be at a distance. If you were at a distance, you would deny him because you gotta be close to him so that his influence, his anointing can rub into you. He stayed at a distance. And then where we were reading, the Bible says he even worked even at a distance. Other people enter into the room and he didn't enter. He came last. And when he came into the door, he stopped at the door. Are you standing at the door? Sitting on the beautiful comfort seat with the clean hands. Why? There is a greater works. Uh, if you forgot what God is saying, I should tell you, fade for a greater works. <laughs> because there is a greater works to yeah. be done. And the greater works cannot be done with someone standing at the door. Oh, you got to be involved. You got to put your hands into the deck. So he stood at the door. And when other people were looking for him inside, where is Peter? Where is this? Our usher. Where is our technical man who knows how to handle the camera today? He was at the door. Are you standing at the door? You can stand at the door and accomplish a greater works. You gotta draw closer. You gotta see yourself being part of it. This job is not the pastor's job alone. It's the kingdom. Because the promises was not for the pastor. When he was promising, silver is mine, gold is mine, I'm going to transfer. He wasn't for the pastors alone. He was for whosoever that will believe in me. Thanks for listening today. We'd love to have you visit us in person at Second and Francis at our 10 a.m. Sunday morning celebration. To support this online ministry or to get more information about Restoration Church, visit RestorationSTJ.com. Thanks again for listening. You take your rightful place.